Hey guys, Henny and Morton from Flip Normals here. In this video, we are going to talk about how you can be good at giving feedback to people. This is a two-part series, and in the next part, we are gonna talk about how you can receive feedback. Before that, make sure to subscribe and hit the little notification bell. For me, when it comes to giving somebody feedback, it's really important to figure out if the person actually wants feedback. Like that's the first check I, I always have. I go up and I ask them, do you actually want feedback on your piece? And this can be true even like if you're in production or if you're giving feedback to students, they, they might not be ready to give you feedback. Maybe they need half an hour more just to polish it up or they're just not in a state where they they really, they're really interested in giving feedback. So if they're not interested, you really shouldn't waste your time on it. Your time is valuable and there's no point in forcing something down somebody's throat who's just not willing to respond to it. Yeah, it's like the whole feedback thing is whether it's giving or receiving, it's a skill both ways. And it's, you know, along with if you're learning 3D, it's like learning to, to give and receive feedback is kind of like you develop that simultaneously or you, at least you should. It's it's something that is important because it's something that you'll be experiencing throughout your entire career, whether you're in school, whether you work in a professional environment. It is just a key part of of working in this industry. So it's something that you need to work on, and you know, kind of both ways. What's really important when you're giving feedback as well, there's like really one of the fundamentals here is make sure you give the person the feedback they actually need. And this doesn't mean the kind of feedback they necessarily want. Of course, everyone wants to hear that they're doing amazingly well, but you should help them in what they want or what they actually need. Uh, an example of this is when I've been going around teaching, you, you can have two students who are pretty much at the exact same level when it comes to their art, but the feedback I'm giving them is very different. You can tell one person, uh, like she might really, really want to improve. Like she's been she's been super frustrated, frustrated with her progress and she's just like roast me, just like tear this piece apart and just, just like give me everything you got. Well, the other person who has the exact same piece and the exact same problem, maybe they're in a spot where maybe they're dealing with a really difficult time at home. Maybe they're they're really sensitive about their progress, whatever it might be. They might just be needed to be told that they're doing okay, that they're on the right path. If you fix a little thing here and there, you can have some big improvements, but you shouldn't necessarily just roast them like crazy because that doesn't solve anything. Now, this person might be extremely conscious about their own progress and your you roasting them might just do way more harm than, than it helps. Yeah, I remember we were teaching a class at one point and there was a student there that I'd given feedback to, sort of like how to fix this. And, and the student was asking, how do I do this? Well, like experiment with it, figure it out, you know, like sort of take this approach to it. And the response from the student was, well, it's your job as a teacher to fix it. And, you know, I just wanted to point that out because I thought that was an interesting sort of, it's an interesting approach to from a student to have, like, especially when you have this student teacher thing, if, if you're in school, it's the same thing with a supervisor. Like you would never really tell them like it's your job to fix it, but as you as an artist, it's actually your job to fix it. So this kind of, when you're receiving feedback as well, it's important to keep in mind sort of like, where are you at and 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 like whose whose responsibility is this on so if someone is giving you feedback it's usually usually they'll do it to help you right like sometimes people just want to be a dick about it but like you suck 
Well, that's not feedback. That's just them being mean. But when it comes to feedback, that feedback is supposed to help you and supposed to guide you, you know, to achieve sort of like a better a better level with both where you are at and also your your current work. An example here where giving the person what they need and what they want is often what we see when, let's say you're dealing specifically with, with uh, texture and the person just can't figure out how to make their textures look good. Well, in this case, we might look at it and be like, okay, yeah, so the, the symptom here is bad texturing, but the reason is actually because you're missing a whole level of frequency in your model. Maybe the topology is broken, so the UVs are broken, now the textures are broken. So in this case, the person would need would, would actually need help with their modeling and not so much the texturing. So it, this, is, this is where it gets complicated, giving feedback as, you know, as somebody who's, who's doing that, because you have to identify correctly the problems. And you also there's also a lot of responsibility on you, because particularly if you're an industry professional and you give somebody feedback, they might spend the next year developing a showreel or a portfolio based on your feedback. So you need to make sure that you are on point and that you actually understand the problems the artists you're talking to are having. Yeah, like sometimes... It's actually interesting is sort of going back to the if you're especially if you're teaching right where sometimes you kind of get a feel for how the student is as a person and what they require back to what Henning was talking about sort of like how to tailor your feedback to to that person and sometimes sometimes I straight out straight up just ask people like what kind of feedback are you looking for uh, I can be 100% honest with you and tear your work apart or you know we can go a softer route where you know you get some with, you get some good with some bad and it's sort of like leave it up to the student to decide and and most of the time when you phrase the question like that it most students will they will think about it for a little bit and they'll be like okay just you know just just be honest with me like l- let me know what can i do better here and i i feel like that usually works really well it's kind of like TARS and Interstellar, which is like, what honesty level do you want here? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and that works surprisingly well, actually. And and this, this boils all down to the fact that when you're giving somebody feedback, you are talking to a real person with real emotions. We get more into this in the next video where we're talking about how to receive feedback, but it's a very emotional part of of the artistic progress, like getting feedback from somebody. Like you're, you're touching their most precious work like this is not like you're an engineering class or somebody's made a project with some some mechanical bits working together here when it comes to art it's very personal to people and particularly if you have somebody who's they might be very fresh to the art community let's say they've been drawing for like 10 years by themselves and now suddenly they're in first year university this person has got a lot of praise for the work, but they've not got a lot of actual useful feedback. Their their art is all over all the fridges and all their houses, but it's not. They're not used to to actually hearing harsh things about it. And they went from went from being the best artist they knew to being like a mediocre artist. So there are a lot of internal emotions around it, and their identity might be tied to their art. So you really got to make sure that you treat this with respect and that you're not just looking at the piece as a standalone piece, which you're just roasting on the internet, that you, you need to take the emotion of the artist in mind when you're giving feedback. An interesting story I have there was I was I was feedbacking and helping. They were kids, teenagers, before they even got into school. You know, it was like this uh, portfolio, art portfolio review kind of kind of deal. And so maybe they were, you know, they were 14 or 15, and they think they're coming up to, to get uh, some professional feedback. Some of them had parents with them. Some of them 
and some of them didn't. And it was interesting when you're talking to a lot of these students and or kids, especially the ones that are serious about doing art, they're they're looking for an authority figure and they'll they will listen. That's also why what Henning mentioned. I think it's really important that you structure the feedback correctly and that you don't like just tell them something that maybe you don't fully understand, right? But it was interesting seeing in this in this example, it was actually the the kids were so receptive to the feedback. They were like, okay, we're here to learn. I just want to get better. But the parents <laughs> were actually the ones getting kind of pissed off. They were like, no, my, my kids' drawings are great. No, this, this is the best. You know, and one, one time I actually had to ask a parent to step away and just let me talk to their, their kids alone. Just for like, we, I'm the one feedbacking you, your child and, and you're not a part of this process. But it's interesting seeing them getting attached to it. Yeah, because now it's their, their child and their, their identity is tied to their, their kids' <laughs> <Yeah>. identity. <laughs> Another thing as well, which is important, is that you, this is something you hear all the time, but like you need to sandwich your your feedback where you have, you start with the good and then you have the bad and then you have the good. The, the problem with this approach here is that it, it can be very obvious when you do it. You, you know, you have the teacher going around and he's just sandwiching like 30 students like, oh, I really like the lighting, but the anatomy isn't great, but our, the composition is awesome. <laughs> so where it, it becomes more of a mechanical thing in that instead of genuinely trying to help, it becomes, okay, find one good thing, find one bad thing, and then finding another good thing. I don't I don't really do it like this. I don't have like a formula for it. Of course, you're trying to find something in the piece which, you know, makes the person feel good about themselves. You know, you shouldn't you shouldn't just go in there and just give them a list of stuff which is good or bad. You should find things which which they know is is working and give them confidence in it. And then you can find things which they can improve upon. And then you know, can leave them in a positive note that, yeah, I know this was a bit harsh, but you're really on the right path here. But I don't subscribe to like the, <laughs> no. the good, bad, good as a purely mechanical list. There's, there's a similar concept in criminal psychology. I can't remember. There's so many names for like all kinds of concepts in criminal psychology, but it's basically the same where especially like you have like some detective who's interrogating a witness and they'll first put on the pressure by throwing some accusations at them, that being the bad part, right? And then in order to like help them not retreat too far, they'll do like an ego boost. So they'll tell them like they're a good person or they're doing the right thing, that kind of stuff. It's the same thing with feedback here, just for art, except, you know, now you haven't killed someone. So that's important. <laughs> um, but for me, I feel like it's more of an or organic process where it doesn't matter how you structure it, but it's more like tying the good in with the bad, where you, you can say something like, okay, so, you know, looking at a face, Okay, cool. You've got the bone structure correct, which means that now you can improve this part, uh, like the psychomatic or, you know, the way the jaw sits or the way the ear sits, because now you have this part already in place. So it's, it's trying to wiggle it in in a way that it doesn't just become a list of everything that's wrong with your piece. Like, as I've done this before, I was young and young and foolish <laughs> i would say uh like I, we've talked about this example before when i i did scott eden's anatomy course maybe like 10 years ago now and you know i thought i was like the hot shit of anatomy artists i was like the anatomy master went on seabird central and just like destroyed every piece i could find like here's a list of everything wrong with your piece and it doesn't serve a purpose it, like it serves my ego a purpose. I'm like, yeah, I'm fucking awesome. And I'm just a <laughs> boss. But it turns out it's not a very great and very constructive way of giving feedback. People aren't very receptive to it. Like you might have a good point. I'm not saying I did, but you might 
you might, you know, have a good point with like, okay, these things are actually wrong, but just presenting a huge list to a person who's personally attached to what they're doing is more detrimental than than the feedback that you're giving them. Because then instead of being receptive, they just sort of like withdraw because now it instead of being like constructive feedback, it turns more into a, a personal attack. Yeah, so what's best here to receive as an artist who's new to this? Is it to receive, here's a list of 40 anatomical issues with very specific and very technical <laughs> names of origin and insertions and gigaflops and whatever it might be? Or is it best to, okay, so the way you need to approach sculpting is you first need to consider that you have the skeleton and on top of that you have bones and muscles, they contract and now you can move your body around based on this. Essentially like a funda deep fundamental understanding understanding mm -hmm. which you can use to to then get to all the anatomical things it's like the anatomical issues might be a symptom of a deeper underlying issue but just listing that does does nothing good for anyone but i mean it, it comes from a good place i suppose when you're doing like it's just that you just don't have the skill of actually feedbacking people at this point because this is legit a skill you have to learn yeah i mean if you if you give a person a list of 40 anatomical mistakes then the 40 anatomical mistakes aren't actually what's wrong with the piece. No. It's their it's probably their understanding of anatomy. So just telling them to, you know, okay, your brow razor needs to be this high and the distance between the biceps and where the tendon sort of like inserts should be this long. That doesn't actually do anything for them. Instead, trying to guide them towards a more fundamental approach, a more fundamental understanding of anatomy, that would be the correct approach. I would also say that don't feedback areas you're not confident in. Like, I, I am a trash tier animator. I can't animate to save my life. So if somebody is uh, is presenting me with animation, this happens This happens a lot. I'm going like, look, you can't trust me on this issue. This particularly happens when I'm going around to, to schools where there isn't necessarily a focus in it. Like, everyone just learns 3D, and some people specialize in rigging, some animation. And when it's something outside of my field, I, I can't do anything about that. There was uh, there was one guy who was really excited to, to meet me when I was uh, going around to a school last year in, in the UK, and he wanted to show some uh, rigging and SIVA simulations to me. And I was like, look, your stuff looks fine. I don't know how to feedback SIVA. You, I barely know what it is. Like, just because you have somebody who comes in with industry experience and expertise in one field does not mean they have any expertise in another field. Yeah, I mean, nothing wrong with asking, but just be be prepared that, you know, not everyone knows everything about every <laughs> yeah, exactly. step of the process. That's also why it makes it tricky. Um, if you do notice something is wrong with a, let's say it's a character, like Henning pointed out before, like, hey, can you feed by my textures? And you realize, wait, it's actually, it's actually your underlying model that's the issue. If you don't have a general amount of experience with a lot of different parts in the, in the pipeline, then you might actually get stuck on that feedback in the texture part. Whereas in reality, maybe the textures are fine, but the underlying geometry was actually wrong. So you might end up feedbacking something they didn't actually need. It's also worth noting that 
the piece you're feedbacking, it's not your piece. You can't claim ownership of it just because you're now giving feedback. The person who you are talking to has no obligation to fix it. Unless, you know, of course, you're a supervisor in, in a production, then they you very much have <laughs> then the you right. Fix it. Then you should definitely should fix it. But if you're, if you're going around talking to students or your friends, whatever it might be, just because you think this is the right thing to do doesn't mean they agree. Like, should the, the, the jacket be brown or green? You know, that, that can be a pure taste matter uh, there are times of course where there is some objective truth here like the anatomy can objectively be broken but they don't have to listen to your changes you're there as an advisor and the way i i see it the way i think about it when i'm giving feedback is you know take it or leave it if you think this is useful you know then take it if you don't find this useful then then just leave it as well yeah like as a feedback giver you might also be wrong it's like you, of course, there's like personal attachment from the person that's doing the piece. But then there also be, there is also like an element of personal attachment from you. You start to feedback it. Not that you necessarily think you have ownership over it, but you feel like you're contributing something to the process. And, you know, if they then later on decide to go, well, screw that. I don't want to implement any of that feedback. You might go like, well, sh- <laughs> damn, but that's totally their right. I also prefer to get to know the person a little bit. Like, obviously, when you're, you're going around, and I've been doing this with schools where you have literally 10 minutes to feedback somebody, it's tricky to, you know, to get to know them properly. But at least I try to figure out what this, what is the purpose with the piece they're showing me or what is the purpose of their portfolio. You, you have this where you, you, have, you always have a limited amount of time. Like, even if you have, like, two hours with them, that's still a limited amount of time and you still want to optimize that. If you, you have a piece here and you, you, you keep feedbacking their, the lighting in their piece and what they care about is really texturing, you just, yeah, sure, you're giving some tips on lighting, but you weren't ultimately that helpful. And if you don't really talk to them, you don't really know what they're, they're interested in. So I always ask about, I always ask this to, to the students, what is your, like, what is the, the actual purpose with this? Like, what is, and not just like, oh, I want to show that I can do X, but what kind of job would you like? What kind of career are you looking at here? And from there, then you can start to feedback it. There's so much in each piece, which you can feedback. Like if you're, if you're looking at a full piece with, it might have an environment, it might have a character. You know, now you can talk about the anatomy, you can talk about the environment, you talk about lighting, texturing, every single thing. So you just have to put some fence posts around your area of feedback. Otherwise you're, you're just, you're just wasting everyone's time. I also prefer to give people paint overs instead of, um, instead of just using words and just saying the green should be cooler. They might not know what that means, but going in and, and just taking their piece into Photoshop, painting over it, showing some, just showing some anatomy is so much, it's so much easier to do in Photoshop. Uh, ideally, when I'm giving feedback for sculpting, particularly, I prefer to get their C tool and just straight up sculpt over it in, in ZBrush. We're currently doing uh, a test for a mentorship program now, and uh, whenever the mentee is um, is give showing me work, he he will also send over a C tool, and um, and then we'll try to do a sculpt over of that because that is really for me the best way to to learn. Yeah, like paint overs for sculpts can be tricky. So for sculpts, I I just find it a lot easier just to sculpt. 
So really, the the fundamentals of all this is like just to sum all of this up. This is something you can talk about forever. But for me, it really is that figure out what the person truly needs. Get to know the person a little bit, you know, depending on your time, but figure out what they actually need for feedback and then give them kind and give them give them hopefully honest feedback from that and understand the issues they're facing and don't just leave them with a list, a step-by-step list uh, to to complete at the end of it. Try to focus on the fundamentals so that they, they learn something deeper from your feedback instead of just fix the psychomatic to the thing, you know, whatever it might be. It also depends on, you know, what stage is, is the artist that you're feedbacking at um, in terms of their level, I mean. Like if they're a complete beginner, then a... a more fundamentals feedback approach is definitely the right way to go. But if they're a more intermediate or advanced artist and they're just sort of looking for, hey, do you have some pointers for this? Then you can definitely start to dive into more specifics. I also prefer to ask the, the artist for the references. Uh, when when they show the images they've used to to get to where they are, now I, I understand what I understand their thought patterns in a way, and now I can start to to visualize it. Or if they don't use reference, now you also see that as well. So understanding where they're coming from, what concept they used, and just generally what they looked at to get there is very useful. So yeah, we'll see you in uh, part two of this, where we talk about how to receive feedback as well, which is just as difficult as giving feedback and is a huge part of uh, being an artist. So we really hope you liked this video. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe and hit the little notification bell as well to get up to date every single time we put out a new video. And let us know in the comments as well if you have any tips on giving feedback as well. It really is a never-ending topic and I'm sure we missed a bunch of really valid points. If you're looking for training or high-quality assets, make sure to stop by the Flip Normals Marketplace. And if you're interested in supporting us by buying our merchandise, you can check that out in the description below.